0: You're not giving me easy questions, man. I thought we would going to start with some casual conversations about, you know, uh, marketing and what B2B SaaS companies typically need, <laughs> nope, you know? jumping and, in. We're going for it. <laughs> you're going for it.
1: <laughs> Hello, welcome to episode 19 of B2B SaaS Marketing Snacks. I'm Mike, former associate CMO turned product lead here at Kalingi, and as always, I'm with Stein Hendricks, one of Kalungi's co-founders and executive CMO. Today, our conversation centered around what to expect from a SaaS agency, both in terms of accountability and investment uh, for a fully outsourced marketing function. We had some conversation about why Kalungi was started, including the types of problems we're setting out to solve. And then we went into a couple of questions about accountability for results which, you know, for example, the balance between long-term and short-term metrics, and uh, then talked about a ballpark, all-up budget figure most software companies between one and 10 million ARR can expect to spend while building their first marketing function using an agency. At the end of the episode, I'm gonna ask for your help. We're, we're in the process of building a new tool uh, designed to nail in your marketing budget, and it's a little bit more sophisticated than a lot of the typical methods that have been used in the past that we've also used in the past. Um, for example, you know, a lot of people rely on percentage of total ARR or fixed budgets um, kind of tied to specific fundamentals. Um, we came to this kind of realization that since every situation is so unique, so specifically for the clients that we have, um, we decided there needed to be a better tool to kind of simulate this. So we're looking for a few founders or marketing leaders to help us kind of test the beta version um, once it's once it's ready to go. So stay tuned until the end for more on this if you're interested. All right, let's jump in. Well, first of all, I'll start here and then we'll, we'll work into the conversation. So what makes, I guess, from your perspective, what makes Kalengi different from um, your kind of standard
0: agency? Yeah, Mike, we um we started Kolungi in two thousand eighteen. And it 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 was after a couple of years of working with smaller software companies to get their marketing off the ground. And there were a couple of challenges that were just hard to uh hard to address with the um you know the existing marketing agencies out there. As you know, I was working as a, a CMO chief marketing officer for multiple software companies after, you know, having done that before that in larger companies like microsoft and especially when you're a little smaller you don't have a lot of time <laughs> as a startup you get funded you need to scale fast um there were just not a lot of good options you are it's hard to hire the right talent because you know the really good people they are, <laughs> they'll go work for google or amazon uh and or the ones that you can hire that are very talented, once they get better at what they do, they learn on the job, they leave, right? They leave for larger companies where they can make more money or there's more career opportunity, et cetera. So all this sort of led to me thinking at some point and, and Fadi and I, the other founder of Kulungi, worked on some of these uh, challenges together, both as freelancers. And it led me to think about well, what do you do to solve this? And I had talked with agencies also about how how do you, you know, put your money where your mouth is. If you think your marketing that you do is really good, right, why can't I pay you for performance? And this was me, of course, in the CMO role when I hired agencies. And they always had great reasons why they couldn't, right? They say basically, hey, I don't control all the variables. I, If you let me run with content marketing and with maybe SEO and SEM, etc., yeah, for a typical digital agency, I'm not going to sign up for results if I don't control the quality of your service, or I'm not really influencing whether you have arrived at product market fit, or I am not really able to influence some of the you know the the funding decisions uh, for the company, so it was really clear that 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 problem was not easy to solve and so what Kalungi ends up doing in the in the first year is figuring out if we build the right capabilities, if we understand what small software companies need, can you then also take accountability for results? And that's not easy uh, because you do have to then take ownership of of more than just, for example, what a digital agency would do. So in in the case of Colungi, we were able to do that because we added marketing leadership to our services portfolio together with managing and doing the work doing the work to do inbound marketing, outbound marketing, analyst relationships, uh, even managing like board communication, all those things that really go into the typical running of a marketing function for a company when you, when you do that as the internal team. And, and so now, and that's really why Columbia started, Mark, to, 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 to sort of answer to that need. Can a marketing team take accountability for results and can you make that available to smaller software companies who have a hard time both hiring, recruiting, finding talent and keeping them?
1: And I think um, when you talk about accountability for results, from uh, the perspective of someone who's hiring a, um, in any agency, how do you actually, how do you hold an agency accountable for results? Like what did, what's the, what's the kind of formula there?
0: Yeah, you got to be fair to the agency. In the end, it has to be a win-win relationship, right? Because you want them to stay with you as your marketing team for a while and and, and help you get great results and and also make them feel that they're they're successful. So the right way to think about marketing results, I think, is about balancing both long-term and short-term needs. So you need to be able to drive demand into the funnel, for example. But the demand has to be high quality. You have to find ways to drive demand that is sustainable, right? Things like you know organic uh, search rankings in in Google, or building up your reputation in online marketplaces, uh, Captera, things like that. Uh, maybe building relationships with analysts, right? Who start covering you, and and, and that's a longer more sustainable way of driving brand awareness, for example. So in your when you work with an agency, you want to hold them accountable for results, you have to be comfortable with balancing the KPIs, balancing the the outcomes that you expect, to both reflect the things you want them to do that may not yield like immediate lead generation, for example, but they yield, for example, covering coverage in an analyst report or Maybe it yields you um, a a, a rise in a position in Google search. It may not have leads, you know, MQLs uh, coming out of that search position yet. But if you have a very strategic keyword, a high intent keyword, where you know that if your audience is looking for that and they click on your link and they come to your website, then it's a very high value click if that if an agency is able to get that keyword to that search result to go from let's say the, the second or the third page of the search results to the first page that's great progress so we measure that yes yeah, so the search sort of ranking position as a KPI and and i think it's it's, it's fine to pay an agency for that if they're able to get it to the first page, and of course, then the next, you know, challenge would be get from the first page get to the top three, and and then of course that should at some point lead to MQLs. But finding a way, Mike, to I think measure KPIs that are very meaningful and they show real progress, but they're not necessarily deep in the funnel and MQLs are even you know turning into revenue. I think that's the it's important. So you hold an agency accountable, but you're also comfortable with MQ, uh, with with KPIs that are earlier in the that that warrant and that reward the work that an agency does that may not necessarily lead to you know revenue yet and at some point of course when an agency gets engaged with you and they're with you longer let's say a half year to a year then you do expect them to sign up for things like sales qualified leads and opportunities and wins and revenue etc
1: yeah absolutely i think it's easier to come up with kpis at that point as well or you know key results um because you've you've built that foundation. Once you've gone through everything for six months, you get a pretty good understanding of what channels work well and which don't and which to kind of double down on and which programs might need as much attention um, from that perspective as well. So another, another really big question, it's often top of mind when we talk to people is, how much is realistic? How much should I expect to spend if, you know, I've not invested in marketing before, and I'm kind of starting from ground zero. Oftentimes, you're not starting it completely from ground zero. You have some things that can be leveraged, but a lot of times, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. If you're starting from a place where you're, you know, you've had a lot of product-led growth or you know, referral-based growth, you've built a great product, you've gotten a lot of customers off of um, referrals, or you've found a kind of a good channel to sell into how much should people expect to spend, um, on marketing in general, not just on an agency, but what's a realistic spend number for a small B2B SaaS company, you know, one to 5 million when they're just getting off the ground. Is it a certain percentage of the budget or is there some kind of patterns that you look at there?
0: Yeah. We have a couple of templates on our website that do what you just mentioned right percentage of revenue percentage of new revenue or sometimes it's um you know a a function of the maturity of your product how far you are product market fit right do you need to spend a lot of money or resources time on brand awareness versus uh, just optimizing your funnel and all those i think tools are very good to get you started um but what I think trumps all of that is that you want to be able to do things really, really well. Don't do things half. So there, marketing is such a broad discipline. There's probably a list of 15 things that you can come up with that are that are helpful to drive growth for an early stage software company. From starting with content marketing to investing maybe in paid search, improving your website, building great um, ads for uh, pay-per-click marketing maybe you know investing in your pitch your sales deck right all these things could be very helpful and it's very hard to say that that there's a certain mix of those things that is always needed we have a playbook we have our own approach at Cologne that sort of says if you do all of these things you need to do them at least in the right sequence right don't start building you know your sales material sales deck unless your branding and your messaging etc is very well developed and because otherwise you will be you know, redoing that. <laughs> and that's not a good use of resources, of course. But what we found is that out of all those things you can do, the first thing you want to make sure of that you do the things that you can sustain, right? Don't build, don't invest a lot of money in a, in a webinar series, for example, in launching a webinar program if you cannot sustain it. Right. If you do a lot of work and you launch two, three great webinars, but you haven't planned out number four and number five and number six, or you don't have resources to do so, then it, it's better not to do it uh, because the actual uh, the impact, the effect might even be negative, right? Because these things take time to get going. That's, by the way, true for a lot of things in marketing that you will have to be okay with a little bit of experimentation early. You learn, you'll optimize, and that's when you will start reaping the fruit. And it's not, um, I think um, it's it's actually it's good to look at hey six percent of my error should be set aside for marketing you can do that, but then it's not optional to think about which things do I want to do and can I do well, and I'm not going to do these other things. There are also things in marketing that you should only do if if the other parts of your business can keep up, right? If you if you organize events, for example, but you don't have sales uh, capacity to participate at the event booth or in an online event, or you're starting to um, invest in a certain type of campaign, but you don't have time to do the follow-up, or you don't have time to learn from what you're, uh, the experiments you're running, then, of course, don't do those. And then to get super concrete, to sort of try to answer your question in a little bit of a different way, we have a number. Um, it's typically about $50,000 a month that allows most b2b saas companies between let's say a million in revenue and about 10 million in revenue to have a good solid fun- functioning marketing department um to drive the right level of growth in all the sort of let's call it belt and suspender areas right where you so, need a good website you need you need good content marketing you need some form of paid search you need to optimize your funnel, you need to set up your marketing automation correctly. so to do all those things correctly and to have a little bit of money to spend on media and to do a little bit of experimentation and constantly optimize your demand gen channels, if you set aside about fifty thousand a month, so that's hundred thousand dollars a year, that is a good ballpark figure to build your first marketing organization, which then also leads to if you don't if you haven't reached a couple of million in ARR yet, it's hard to actually find enough. Capital to invest that, that type mm-hmm. of money, right? So that's why you either do that when you get you know you get a growth capital injection, or when you've started to become profitable and you can make a choice to invest that back into the business. Mm-hmm. One other thought: when I mentioned that number, fifty thousand a month, it's actually it's very it's very specific. It's about ten thousand dollars that we typically see is the most a small software company should be spending on media discretionary spend, whether it's Pay-per-click marketing or sponsorship or sponsored content or anything that's sort of, you know, buying your way into people's um, attention span, right, through any form of media. And we're not saying that you should spend that early on. You should only spend money on those things when you have great landing pages, great ability to understand the analytics, right? And, and what's happening with the content, how are people interacting with it so you can learn from that and improve, etc. But at most, I think 10000 a month is the largest that we've seen small software companies spend on that. The other 40000 is mostly spent on the team. There's a little bit of money, there are a couple thousand dollars on, that you use for tools for your marketing infrastructure, a HubSpot subscription, some other tools, maybe. And then the rest is to basically pay the team. And a team is typically about 10 people in different skill areas, but they're all part time, right? Because you don't need a full time designer, you don't need a full time copywriter, you don't need a full time product ma- uh, manager. So you either hire 2 3 full time employees is your first marketing team and you hope that they have all these skills you need 10 15 different skills areas in combined in the three people and that happens when you hire really good what's called t-shaped marketers right that have that are able to do both hubspot development and they are good maybe wordpress um, uh, experts and they also can write good english copy <laughs> so that you you find people who can sort of with about two three people you can build your full marketing function Or you do something like what you get with Colunga, you get a team of about 10 people that sort of are all experts in these areas, but your designer will only work maybe on a couple, will work on a couple of customers at the same time, right? So not just, um, they'll not be full-time. So, but yeah, that gets to that $50,000 a month, uh, Mike.
1: And that's it for today's episode. But on the topic of budgets, if you're interested in getting a rough all up number for your marketing function. We do have a budget estimator and template you can use to build your own budget um, on our website. You can find it at slash budget. And as for the new request I mentioned earlier in the episode, we are looking for a couple of um, business to business software startups to help us test the calculations for our new calculator. Uh, the outcome of the new calculator kind of balances. Quite a few situational variables to deliver an output, um, including things like your product maturity, your churn rate, your average contract value, how much funding you have, number of referenceable accounts you have, your growth targets, um, how fast you want to achieve those growth targets, and then also the maturity of your market and how much foundation you've already built. So uh, it's a bit more sophisticated. If, if you're interested in helping us by providing some test inputs for your, from your own B2B SaaS company, let me know. I'd uh, I'd love to hear from you. It's not quite ready yet, but I would love to have a, a few, few people on deck to help us pressure test it when it is. So if you think you're a good fit, uh, shoot me an email at mikeatklingi.com. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And as always, thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with us. We'll see you really soon.